Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is the Scott Score Podcast, and this is the first episode of 2021. And as always, I'm joined by Chris Loner. Chris, how are we? Yeah, I'm okay. I've survived the last few weeks, so I'm strong. <laughs> uh, well, Chris, it's not been a, a good couple of weeks for Celtic, that's for sure, mate. No, all started on the 2nd of January, that old forum. Um Oh, absolutely, mate. So we'll, we'll get into that one, right? Rangers beat Celtic 1-0 at Ibrox. Rangers did not play well, Chris. I'm the first one to admit that. Uh, we did not play well in the day. We had zero shots on target, but Rangers still managed to get the three points. Just shows how brilliant Rangers are. <laughs> yeah, that's the hallmark of champions, isn't it? Finding ways to win the game and zero on target. I think that's a new one. But um, I felt we were really dominant in the first half particularly. We did everything bar score. Um, forced three terrific saves from Alan McGregor. Um, I felt the it was two of them at least that Griffiths should have played off to Edward. Um, that, um, that set the save that he got his fingertips to it and turned it around the post. That was really the one that came back to haunt us, I felt. Um, and Kenny, our keeper, Barry McGregor, would have struggled to keep that one out. Real world-class stuff. Um, and we might still limit Rangers' opportunities. Um, going forward, Rangers weren't really able to do much in the first half. Um, no, we were poor first half, that's for sure, mate. Like, And see that shot from Lee Griffiths, my heart was out, like, honestly, my heart was in the, my mouth, so it was. But that just shows you how brilliant Alan McGregor is and how key he is for Rangers. Like, I really want to see that guy play at least one more season. But there's a lot of rumblings going on just now because he's not been signed. Uh, he's, well, he's not been given a new contract just yet. Um, I think he's uh, he's coming up for 40, right? As I said, I would keep him for another season. The guy is still top quality. But who knows, he might want to end his Rangers career on a high. Because let's be honest, Chris, Rangers are winning the league now, <laughs> right? I think every... Celtic fan who's got a brain can admit that. The only person who's still in denial about this is Tommy Sheridan. <laughs> so, yeah. But that just shows you, like, the how brilliant Rangers are right now. Like, quality in every area. And when Rangers aren't playing well, Al McGregor steps up. Steps up. That's the difference between Rangers and Celtic. Like, we, ha- we, we have a brilliant goalkeeper in Celtic, as we know. They've got a, a goalkeeping crisis, and they've got other crises going on as well. <laughs> Yeah, even John McLaughlin backing McGregor up, he's a sorted there we could do with one of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, when we went in half-time at 0-0, I thought that was concerning because we've been pretty poor in the second half of games this season. Um, and it turned out the second half was completely different. There was some good defending on Ayer. Um, I think he chased one back um, and chased down, who was it? I can't remember if it's Davis or what, but he chased him down and got a brilliant tackle in. And then he had a Morelos, spot for Morelos, thought they went round the post and they actually celebrated that one as if it was a goal, if you'll remember. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the and, yeah, so the game-changing moment, yeah, you're coming up to that, the beat on red card. For me, Chris, red card all day long, like, no complaints whatsoever. Like, right away, see when it happened, my instant reaction was, that's a straight red. Yeah, because um, Morelos was clean through on a goal scoring opportunity, right? And Beaton denied him that, took him down, clear red card. 
And then Lennon was complaining about it after the game. Ridiculous. Yeah, and he's excused that Ayer was coming back to close him down, but Ayer was like miles in the distance. Um, I feel beat on. It was, he clearly done it out of panic. He knew what he was doing, so I don't think he can really have any complaints from that. Um, and then from then on, the second we went down to 10 men, I knew a goal was coming, and it came off the shoulder of Cal McGregor. <laughs> Agent Cal McGregor stepping up, mate. <laughs> yeah, like, aye, that was something else, man. Um, because see the way the game was panning out, right? I would have took a point. <laughs> I genuinely would have took a point because we didn't play well at all. But as you said, Chris, like, that's a sign of champions. That's a sign of a great team. You don't play well, but you still get the three points. But I want to ask you, what was your thoughts uh, and what was your reaction when Callum Gregor scored that own goal. And to be fair, it was very unlucky uh, for, for him, so it was, because obviously Aribo got the header and then it just brushed off his uh, shoulder. So it was a sore one to take for Celtic fans, but what was your instant reaction when it happened? Sorry to rub this in, mate. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, I, I knew that once that goal was in, that we weren't coming back from it. I think any momentum we had was gone by that point, was being brought down to 10 men. Um and as I say, we've not really been in good form as of late. What is it now? Like six, seven runs and 21 matches. So it's like it's not like we can find ways to win games and being down 1-0 to your arch rivals who are miles ahead in the league. Um, this is meant to be the match that we're meant to get a result in to have any hope of renewing or any fresh hopes for a title challenge and going 1-0 down like that when you've not got a full team on the park um, just deflates, deflates the whole team and you know, we weren't going to come back from it Yeah, it was a huge huge result but I just want to touch on this as well Scott Brown came on right, and we all know the reason why he came on Chris, it was to try and get Morello sent off right, and he had a wee uh, altercation, shall we say with Morelos, where he was trying to wind them up, and Brown was acting like Morelos punched him, and Morelos was made he made no contact with him whatsoever. And I'm just like Scott Brown's 35, right? He offers it to, like footballing wise, he offers nothing to Celtic, right? He's just there to be a wind up merchant. And I just thought, how desperate can you be, like kidding on Morelos punch it to try and get Mare- get him sent off? And then Gerald acted quick, and I liked that because he was like, right, Brown's on. We know what Lenny's trying to do here. We know what Brown's trying to do here. Get Morelos off just just to make sure he doesn't do anything daft. So right away, Morelos came off, which was 100% the correct decision, you know. But what did you make of that then, Scott Brown? Just acting like a child trying to get players sent off. Um, kind of typical Nick Lennon tactics, isn't it? Um, just like send on Brown to noise up the Rangers players, particularly Morelos, to try and get a man sent off to get him back in the game. Um kind of see the tactic in it but it's quite unprofessional tactics to be honest um, obviously right call by Stevie G taking Morelos off there was um, opening minutes he made a challenge of the game and there was call outs he should have been yellow carded at that point so who knows he could have actually been sent off at that point but I feel the opening minutes of the game um, Bobby Madden didn't want to be lit, just flashing cards at everyone he wanted a few minutes for the players to settle into the game before they started dishing out any cards. So 
for any fragrances. What do you make of Bobby Mann's performance, mate? I thought he had a really, really good game. Uh, I'm not just saying that. I thought he had a good game. I thought he called it right down the middle and I thought he was very fair. And uh, see re- the referees in Scotland, before you answer that question, right? Referees in Sc- Scotland, as we all know, are god-awful, <laughs> right? But I have to admit, I would say Bobby Madden is the best out of a bad bunch. But what did he make his performance on the day? can't really too much complaints, to be honest. Um, my only minor complaint would be, like, maybe the Morelos challenge. It was a few minutes into the game. Maybe he could have called that, but at the same time, just says I understand why he wouldn't have flashed the card so soon. But, um, yeah, plenty that disagreed with the huge call that changed the game, the red card. But, um, no, I don't really disagree with his call to send heat on off. You know, see, uh, touching on that Morelos yellow card at the start of the game, I thought it was the right decision, like, completely. Like, even if that was late on in the game, right, I would still think that was a yellow. Yes, it was a bit late, right, but it was definitely not worth a red card. I remember Joe in the Scott Squad chat was like, oh, he stamped on him. I'm like, never. Like, that's grossly exaggerated, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, I thought he had a good game, and that was a huge result for us, like, I can't emphasise it enough, you know, and as I was saying earlier, like the first half when Lee Griffiths had that shot and McGregor saved it, I was like, oh man, like just to think if we didn't have Al McGregor that day, that result could have been totally different, totally different, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It was only really for those saves in the first half, um, but man of the match worthy for those saves alone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Would you say Al McGregor's the best goalkeeper to play in Scotland in the last 20 years? Certainly say, um, yeah. Um, probably be, definitely best Scottish goalkeeper of this generation, I'd say. I see in the last 20 years, I'm not just saying this right, but in the last 20 years, I can't think of a better goalkeeper to play in Scottish football than Alan McGregor in the last 20 years. I would say goalkeepers that are like... Close to him would be Rad Douglas. I would say Rad Douglas for sure. Um, maybe Boric on his day, but towards the uh, Boric's Celtic, the, towards the end of his Celtic career, he was terrible. He's making blunder after blunder, you know. And when you look at Alan McGregor, he's barely made any blunders throughout his goalkeeping career. The only one that can come to mind was in 2011 when we played you at Ibrox and I think it was, it might have been, correct me if I'm wrong, it might have been Chadoury had a shot from outside the box and then it went, McGregor just like completely messed up and then went into the net. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about now, yeah. Yeah, so that's the only blunder I can think of for the top of my head with Alan McGregor, you know. Yeah, um, our keepers to throw in there, obviously. Fraser Fossil, I'll throw him, his hat, name in the hat, um, Stefan Foss, I'll throw his name in there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, cause I would have mentioned Stefan Kloss as well, but I just wanted to at least make it fair, like, like from what I was saying there, like, obviously include Rob Douglas, uh, Boric on his day, then as you say, Stefan Kloss, you know, like Stefan Kloss, what a great keeper he was back in the day, mate, tremendous. Yeah, I think he grew up in the wrong generation of German goalkeepers, he never got a call-up to the national squad because he was uh, the same generation as Can and Lehman. I Can's your favourite goalkeeper as well. Yeah. <laughs> so then, right after 
Celtic's one 0 defeat to Rangers at Ibrox. Hours later, <laughs> Celtic jet off to Dubai. The first, the first <laughs> I heard, funnily enough, was um, I think they were talking about it during the game, like the coverage of the game, and then they asked Lennon a question about it in his post-match interview, and that was kind of the first I heard about it. My, my immediate reaction was, why are we going off to Dubai in the midst of a pandemic and the rest of the country's in a lockdown? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh man, this has been, oh, this has been the big talking point over the last week or so. Celtic going to Dubai, what a stupid decision that was. And you're seeing how stupid it was now, after, like when you see the aftermath of it all, Chris, and oh, absolutely shambolic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the fact that the player that, te- the confirmed player that's tested positive, obviously, we've learned on Monday that um, a player that had to self isolate as a result of the trip is tested positive. Rumors on social media that that player in question is Olivier Cham. Um, I suppose if like, the game doesn't get called off because of the snow on the pitch at Livingston tonight, um, that'll be reflected in the team sheet. But um, back to my original point, um, Julian was the player that tested positive and it's like he was just like a week and a half, two weeks removed from suffering a serious injury. It's like, why are you jetting him off to Dubai? Yeah, I know. Like, I did not understand that whatsoever. Like, why are you jetting off a player who's injured? And I think he's going to be out for the rest of the season, isn't he? Um, well, they said three to four months, so he could be back by the tail end of the season, but we won't really see much of him the rest of the season. Yeah, <clears throat> so they flew an injured player to Dubai, right, which was bizarre. And the fact that they went to Dubai, like, as you say, during a global pandemic, right, a new strain of COVID-19 is going around, and Celtic thinks it's a smart idea, yeah, let's check off to Dubai, while everyone in the UK is locked in their houses, can't go see their friends, can't go see their grandparents, but it's okay for Celtic to go and do that. Like, it just, it's, it was it was obscene, and I do feel for the decent Celtic fans out there, like yourself, Chris, who... Have played, who have paid hard-earned money this season to watch Celtic games online. Like, you're, you've paid season ticket money to watch Celtic games online and you're not getting your, you're not getting your just rewards for it, you know? No, definitely not. And it's all right for Celtic to come out and say that, oh, this trip was approved back in November, the, the backing of the Scottish Government were a weak sport status. It's like, it's almost like they're abusing that state since like there's been a change, massive change of circumstances in the last month and a half, two months with the new strain getting out of control and case numbers rising. It's like, yeah, like why not cancel it? Like, how much did that trip cost? It was not like 200,000, 300,000 pounds. I've not seen an exact figure, but I know Andy Walker was speculating on Sky Sports News the night, so the Hibs game that. The trip must have ran at the hundreds of thousands between chartering the plane and staying in a five-star resort and putting all the players and staff up in fancy accommodation for the best part of a week. Yeah, so so for starters, right, Rangers beat them 1-0. And then they fly off to Dubai with a new strain of COVID-19 going around, right? And Celtic still go through with that go through with that trip to Dubai. It's, it's ridiculous. Is I don't understand it at all. It just reeks of elitism and arrogance. That's what it is. 
is 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 honestly I just cannot get my head around it. Like, why not just cancel it? Like, three hundred thousand pounds is nothing to a club like Celtic. Like, like, absolutely nothing, you know. And look, look what's happened, right? Celtic go there. Pictures get leaked of Scott Brown and Neil Lennon sitting by the pool having a wee beer. Not a good look whatsoever. No, and my first reaction to that, besides obviously the clear breach of social distancing, was literally just throwing the league away. And it's like, could you not look like you could at least give an F? Yeah, I know. I like, couldn't give any more one at all. No, exactly, I know. Like, it, it, like that's the thing, though. It's it's almost like oh well, well uh, we're not going to get ten, but we're going to go, we're going to Dubai have a laugh in that. And you've seen other videos as well. Remember, I posted in the, the chat. It was like the, the Celtic players going down by the pool, and they're all like in a big group. And I think it's uh, Cal McGregor, or, or I think it might be Cal McGregor or something. And they're like they're all high fiving each other, dancing in that, and and I'm like. Like, you see yeah, if that, no, like, honestly, man, like, see if that was Rangers players doing that. Like, mate, I would be, I would be, I would be so let down and I'll be raging, you know. But I, like, I can't imagine how Celtic fans must feel, like, how, like, how you must feel seeing that, like, spending good money to see 10 in a row just slip away like it's nothing. And Celtic yeah. players on Dubai having a wee jolly, having a wee good time, and that way everyone's back home, uh, can't see their grandparents, can't see loved ones stuck in the house, can only go out for essential items or in one hour exercise a day while they're just having a grand old time. Yeah, using the elite sporting status to live out privileges that the rest of us and living normal lives can't. Yep. So Celtic got heavily criticised for it, quite rightly so. So they come back to Scotland and as we were saying there, Julian tested positive. Then 13 Celtic players and coaching staff had to isolate, which meant Celtic had to play a weakened side against Hibs. And then look what happened. Celtic dropped points. Yeah, I can only say I really, only really half-assed watch that game because I didn't really have much hope or optimism for it. We did get the goal late and then Hibs came back and equalised. Um, obviously, understandably that some of them had concerns about playing the game um, and then they did but um, I wouldn't have held it against Hibs whatsoever if they refused to play that game but at the same time it's like Hibs would have been the ones punished for not fulfilling the fixture over genuine safety concerns because of their trip Yeah I know and it's meant to think the fact that Celtic asked Hibs eight times by the way, eight times if they could the game, yeah, eight times, and Hib said no. And Celtic went to, I think, the SPFL or the SFA and yeah, got it approved and got it approved and said, Yeah, um, like we're going to Dubai now. SFA and SPFL said we can do it. So the game got rescheduled, and then Celtic just completely shot themselves in the foot and no sympathy at all. Like, I was even speaking to a Celtic fan about this, saying, like, We get what we deserve, like, we're throwing away this leak. and Celtic have no one to blame but themselves, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It was after, after all this transpired, I was like, myself, it's just as well we didn't manage to beat Rangers because that would have only made the situation worse. We would have had the renewed hope of pulling, pulling this league back somewhat and then we throw that away by going on a trip that really shouldn't have taken place and 
as a result of that trip, players are isolating, we're playing a weakening team and dropping more points and bring yourselves back in a hole. Yeah, exactly. And to make it, like, another thing as well, to make it matters worse, right? Shane Duffy left the Dubai training camp early. I think he went to Ireland for personal reasons. Yeah. Right? And then, obviously, 13 Celtic players and coaching staff had to go and isolate. Then they call Shane Duffy up and say, right, we need you to play tonight against Hibs. So Shane Duffy flew from Ireland to Scotland, right? And like in Hibs, like, I, I can only imagine what how Hibs felt about that. Like, that it was just, it was such a big risk to take. Thankfully, no Hibs players picked up anything, but still, like, such a huge, huge risk, you know? Like, it was just baffling. And the fact that, Hibs requested uh, for Celtic players to get tested on the day of the game, and Celtic refused. I oh, know. I know it's it's utterly ridiculous. But what do you make of that Shane Duffy thing? Then, like, I, I couldn't get my head around that. That was why not just play a youth player? You know, like why not play a youth player? Like why? I thought that was pretty shameful. If I'm being honest, like why call up Shane Duffy where he had to go home for personal reasons and Celtic like, oh right. Doesn't matter about your personal reasons. We need you to play tonight against Hibs. I haven't got any centre halves. Like that's for me. I think that's pretty shallow. What do you think? Yeah, they were still dealing with the issues. Then shouldn't really have called them up. Plus, as far as I'm aware, him returning early was that not supposed to render him ineligible or unavailable for the Hibs game at least? Yeah, he was still called up. And I think basically forced to play because we had no other options but a youth player. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was wrong. I thought I thought it was really wrong. And as I said, thank God, uh, no Hibs players picked up anything. And then uh, a couple of days after that, Peter Lawwell uh, done an interview with Jerry McCulloch. It was like a groveling apology, saying looking back in hindsight. It was wrong to go to Dubai and apologise for it. What do you make of that apology from Peter Lowell? Genuine, or do you think he's just saying that because Celtic are in a complete shambles right now? I don't really think it was an insincere apology per se, but I think he only really made it because he was under a serious amount of pressure from the fans, the media, the wider public to come out and acknowledge the situation has been wrong, and that's my take on it, at least anyway. And he knows as well, right? It won't be long until the season ticket uh, renewals come up. And the way Celtic fans are feeling right now, they are so disenchanted, they're angry, they feel let down, they feel, they feel betrayed, they feel like their voice isn't getting heard. Like, So Lowell had to do that. Like, He needs to do something to try and win the Celtic support back or at least try and get them on his side again. Because right now, the Celtic support are totally anti-Peter Lowell right now. But what's your thoughts? Are you anti-Lowell right now? Or do you want him gone? Like, what's your opinion? I think the least he could do would be to step down, at least, and let someone else in on his position. Someone that really cares about the supporters, acknowledges the supporters' feelings, um, invests a bit more money into the club, because I think... Walls more interested in taking money and putting it in his back pocket. Perfect example. So that's a very good point you make, Chris, about how Lowell's not been investing in Celtic. Brendan Rogers. I, I think that was one of the main reasons why Rogers decided to jump ship 
to Leicester because remember that he would drop like wee subtle hints saying if I don't get backed, if I don't get the support, then I might need to go elsewhere and get that support. And I think Rogers had big ambitions for Celtic, and he done fantastic at Celtic. Don't get me wrong, right? But he had big ambitions in the sense of European, like it, it, like and like in the European leagues. Sorry, in the in Europe League and in the Champions League, that's where he wanted to do big things. He wasn't backed enough. And yes, Celtic had a great team under Brendan Rodgers, but that great team was not enough to do well in Europe. You know, and then you seen that when Celtic's first season under him in the, uh, in the Champions League, Celtic got absolutely hammered. So they did finished. I think Celtic finished fourth in that group. Yeah, what do you think? I think it might have been fourth. For, uh, like I think it might have been fourth for. Fourth or third, I'm not too sure, right? I'm, in fact, I think it was fourth. But last thing, though, Rogers was not backed. Like, like they didn't share the the same mindset. Him and Lawwell, you know, like Lawwell is very tight. He does run Celtic well in the sense of the financial side. Like they make sure everything's like running smoothly. Like the business side, like Celtic will never be in debt. Like they've never been a, they'll never be in any financial trouble. But in terms of on the park, that's where Lawwell's very tight. You know. And he's very hesitant to really invest in Celtic. Yeah, definitely. I think you've hit me on the head there about all the points about Brendan Rodgers. He had big aspirations for Celtic in Europe, obviously. Uh, Celtic would love, Celtic fans would love to see us be successful in Europe again. Um, we're only still not two decades removed from Seville, but um, that's almost a generation of Celtic fans, not really seeing their team successful in Europe. I know we went 33 years without a European final, but um, it's always that bit of pressure from the sport just to do that bit better in Europe, obviously. Deliver in the league, win leagues, get into Europe in the first place, but um, go further than that and get results in Europe and challenging for these trophies. Maybe with the introduction of the UEFA Conference League in a couple of years, we might have a chance in that <laughs> with the current crop, but... Um, no, I think the Europa League would be the minimum. And just going back to that law, uh, that interview with Peter Lawwell, one statement, uh, <laughs> not, I wouldn't say statement, I would say one quote that really stood out, right, where he said Celtic <laughs> have been affected by COVID-19 the most, more than any other club. Like, Celtic were literally given a title due to COVID-19. <laughs> Like, what a ridiculous thing to say. Like, how arrogant and how out of touch and delusional do you need to be? Yeah, that and we still managed to make a £100,000 profit with a club the size of Celtic. How is that really affecting us when clubs in war leagues are literally fighting for the existence, relying on government support to see them through this pandemic? Yeah, and you know what makes it even worse as well, Chris? Like, the fact that Celtic paid £300,000 to go to Dubai, right, and they've furloughed the under-18s, like, do they, they don't have any shame. Like, I, I, I don't even think I'm being too harsh in saying this. It's, it, I think I'm being, I, I think I'm spot on with this. Like, they have no shame. Like, they can go to Dubai, spend £300,000 on, like, five-star hotels, the best of the best stuff, yet they use taxpayers' money to furlough the under-18s. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's a 
bit of cheek to use the furlough scheme when we've got the capital that we've got. And as you say, spend all that money and go on a trip in Dubai. Yeah, no, I just can't get my head around it at all, you know. And then <laughs> we'll, we'll move on and we'll speak about Neil Lennon. It's Neil Lennon. <laughs> He's been in the news this week. He had a explosive, per- explosive press conference on Tuesday, Chris, where he, it was like the, the, the Neil Lennon of old. He lost the plot. He had a complete meltdown. Um, what, where do we start with this one? Where yeah, he just yeah. completely lost the plot. He refused to apologise for the trip to Dubai. He said protocols were met. He said, oh, this is the best one, where he said, the whole squad is negative, apart from two. <laughs> and then he says it was a, they described that as a miracle. Oh, no. It is... I honestly I just cannot get my head around it. Like, Lowell came out, apologised for it. John Kennedy said there were some slip-ups, which basically means Celtic broke the rules, right? He's saying that in a very nice way, or just like, that's what he's trying to do, right? They came out and said that, and Lennon's literally went against both of them. Lennon's went against his own boss. Like, it makes no sense at all. Lowell comes out and says sorry, and then Lennon's like, no, I'm not sorry. Didn't do anything wrong. I don't regret going to Dubai. It's not a good look. It was quite an unprofessional run to begin with. And then um, just to come out with all these like, remarks and that, the, the don't abuse any hands in there, fingers, privileges, all that stuff. It was like, I think he just made a total arse of himself and made the national news. I was sitting watching National News, I think there was something on it I wanted to see on Monday night, and then it came up, like, coming after breaking your line, I was like, oh, Jesus. Oh, I know, like, like, honestly, don't see Twitter, it was tremendous and Tuesday, like, the memes going on, (laughs) going going on about Neil Lennon, it was, it was hilarious, and I'm just like, like, I was thinking about you as well, I was like, Chris has had it tight this season, man, and then, just when you think, Things couldn't get any worse for Celtic. Neil Lennon goes ahead and embarrasses himself, embarrasses Celtic with that rant. And he was saying Celtic are getting bullied and, and there's an agenda against Celtic. Like, what utter rubbish. Like, how delusional is he? <laughs> well, we deserve everything we get for the way we've handled ourselves over the whole situation. Like, there is no agenda, I think. Everyone's quite right with their opinions of Harsh, obviously, but not rightly harsh. I know. It was, it, I just don't understand his mindset going at that press conference. He should have came out and said, I'm sorry, we messed up. It was a mistake going to Dubai. We hold our hands up. He done a complete opposite. And he, he, he went into that press conference, all guns blazing. And he was talking about the media looking for blood. He was looking for blood. <laughs> so he was by the way he reacted in that press conference, and then he was having a go at Andy Walker as well. Like, I thought Andy, Andy Walker's comments last week on Sky were spot on. They were absolutely spot on. He's not a Celtic cheerleader. He's obviously he's a, he's a big Celtic man, but I'm not, I'm not a fan of Andy Walker whatsoever, right? But I agreed with every single thing he said last week on Sky Sports News. And one quote that stood out to me the most in what he said was, this isn't the Celtic football club, I know. 
Yeah, when it's coming from somebody that's a Celtic man like Andy Walker, then it speaks volumes. And I think that sentiment can be echoed amongst all le levels of the Celtic support. Yeah. And Neil Lennon had a go at the SNP. So he did. Saying the, the reason that Celtic are getting criticised and singled out is because there's a political agenda. Yeah, I don't buy that at all. Um, I've not read that article, but I think I've seen John Swinney came out and criticised Lennon today for his remarks. Yeah, he came out and he said he was appalled by Lennon's comments. Like, but uh, what, like, what is Lennon on about? How is there a political agenda behind it? Like, what? That makes no sense. Like, Celtic clearly broke the rules in Dubai. The photos were all there. They were mingling in the bar, right, which is not allowed. They broke the rules. And he's trying to say there's a political uh, agenda behind it. It makes zero sense. No, I don't understand it at all either. No, like, no, it's just baffling as well. And Neil Lennon is a big hypocrite, right? He is. Because remember earlier on in the season, he criticised Bolingoli because he went abroad. He mm -hmm. absolutely lambasted him in the press. And look what's happened now. Lennon's saying we've done nothing wrong. All this kind of stuff, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But can you imagine if it was other way about if Rangers went to Dubai and done that? Lennon will be slaughtering us. He'll be ripping into us in the press, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But see Neil Lennon, though, I will say this. He's not a daft guy. He's not a, he's not a daft guy, right? And I do think he's a decent manager, I do. It has to be said. He knows he's gone at the end of the season, right? He knows he's gone. So the way he acted in that press conference, right, he might have had, like, a, a, a motivation behind it or a goal behind it where he was like, right, I'm going to act this way. And I'm. it was almost like he was trying to get the sack. It was, it was almost like, yeah, sack me, you know, because if he resigns, he's not, he's not going to get a payoff. So... If he gets sacked, obviously he, he, there'll be a settlement there and he'll get money. So he won't be walking away. So it's almost like he's working his ticket to get the boot so he can get some money. Yeah, I got a bit of that impression as well that he was almost looking to get sacked. Yeah, because I will say this, see, ever since Neil Lennon returned to Celtic, he's been very calm, I would say, or I, I would say... Uh, He's, be, he's matured a lot compared to his first stint as Celtic manager. And then that press conference uh, that press conference on Tuesday was just like the Neil Lennon of his first stint at Celtic. Just, he's never the victim. He's, uh, he's always a victim. It's, all, it's everyone else's fault. Blames everyone else. Can't take accountability for their wrongdoings. It was it, like we went over it. It was embarrassing. It was. It really was, you know. So we're so Lennon will be staying to the end of the season. Can you see him lasting? Do you think Celtic might just eventually be like, right, we're sick of this. We're just going to sack you because, as I said, he won't be walking. Thank you. Hopefully, this is the last we can put this all the point this trip behind us moving on tonight onwards. Um, uh, if 
there's any similar instance if anything happens domestically with COVID or that, and if he comes out and tries to defend any wrongdoing or defend any player that's done something, then I think that'd be pretty inexcusable again and just need to get rid of him at that point. But if all it just flatlines, everything goes smoothly the rest of the season, even though we're not going to get results and obviously drop more points than that, I think they don't see a point in sacking them now for that reason. Who would you want in next? Um, I posted your wee clip from <laughs> the, an episode a few weeks ago where I posed the question, who would you want in? And obviously that can't happen now because he's at West Brom, posted on TikTok, uh, where you said you would like Sam Allardyce. But who would you want in as the next Celtic manager? Because we all know Lennon's gone. Eddie Howe's the heavy favourite. Um, we've discussed if he would really want to take the job. I've heard rumblings on Twitter that he wouldn't take it. Um, one name I've seen, I don't know how I would feel about this one, but he left his post at the Republic of Ireland, Damien Duff. He could potentially end up coming back to us. I think Celtic fans would want a bigger name than that. I think the way this season's went, they're frustrated, they're angry. Like, 10 arrows away, it's it's no happening anymore. And they, I think they would, to get, for Lowell to get the Celtic fans back on side, it needs to be a really good appointment. It can't be a mediocre, substandard appointment. You know, it needs to be, like, someone like an Eddie Howe, you know, that would be, that would be huge for Celtic, but I don't think it will happen. Mainly being is because He's a Premier League caliber manager, right? So was Rogers, though. But Rogers had Rogers' goal was right. I need to go like his reputation was pretty much. I wouldn't say in tatters, but it wasn't great because towards his towards the end of his Liverpool uh, managerial run, it was it, it didn't end well because Liverpool were in a bad run of form and he couldn't live up to the heights of that season where Liverpool nearly won the league. So Rodgers had to rebuild his reputation. He'd done that really well, and look how well he's doing at Leicester. Eddie Howe, though, is different, where Eddie Howe, he could easily get a, a real decent job in the Premier League. Like, he well, he, he can easily, as I said, like get a team in the top 10, 100%. Like he's that good of a manager, you know? And it wasn't like he got sacked from Bournemouth. He resigned, you know? And, yeah, like, he is a real top manager, great coach. And the job he'd done at Bournemouth was, like, tremendous. Like, taking Bournemouth up through the leagues and getting them to the Premier League, like, that was something nobody thought would ever happen. So, I can't see it happening, Chris, if I'm being honest. No, I'll tell you another name I would take. Um, Slavin Bilic, he'd be an interesting one. He's managing in uh, China now. Is it? Uh, he's managing in China. It was like shortly after he got sacked from West Brom. Uh, I think it was like a couple weeks, two, a couple weeks after it. Uh, China, <laughs> a club in China came in for him. Big, obviously, big wage packet. You can't turn that down, man. <laughs> so, but see, when he did get sacked, I was like, he's going to be the next Celtic manager. Then China come in, <laughs> boom, you're, <laughs> you're flying off there. Yeah, it's tempting for some of them. Um, I think players sort of. That passed it, no disrespect, like Eto, he was on ridiculous money in China, was he not? Oh, yeah, he was on like 400k a week. Aye, 
yeah, well past his prime. He was amazing in his prime, like he's saying Barcelona, but um, yeah, just like living off his name. Do you know how much Derek Ryder was on, apparently? When he went to China years ago? Don't know how true this is, right? But apparently Derek Ryder was on 60k a week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how true that is, right? <laughs> but that's what I read ages ago. Um, but either money is in China. That's what it's at, you know. <laughs> but going forward, Chris, it's obviously it's not looking good for Celtic, but another side of Glasgow, it's looking very bright and rosy. And I think we've got one hand on that SPFL trophy, Chris. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, only the third game of the season at the weekend, you drop points tomorrow, but it's like no big deal with the gap being so massive. And not, that was a kind of another thing. If Celtic had won that old firm that went to Dubai and all ifs, buts, all that kind of stuff, if all this hadn't fell into place, then that would have kind of been the res- result we were hoping for Rangers to drop something and really would have got his back in it, but no, it's not meant to be. Yeah, exactly. Like, see that game against Mullet the weekend? Didn't play great at all. It was just one of those days, like, credit, but it's true. Motherwell did play well. I thought a point on the day was a fair result. And you're going to expect that boost with a new manager coming in, Graham Alexander. And I thought he organised Motherwell really well. And Motherwell played differently than they did when like when they came to Ibrox um, before Christmas time uh, under Stephen Robinson because remember they were playing me 10 men behind the ball it was like it was like a 4-6-0 it was a oh, it was honking so it was but Mullerwell actually went for it so they did lined up a 4-3-3 and they gave it a right good go you know um, so like that just shows you like you drop points against Mullerwell and that was it it was just like it's not a big deal like <laughs> we're in a very comfortable position in the league 21 points clear. It was it was nothing, you know, like, because even in the Scots go chat right after it, usually after the game, like after a Rangers-Celtic game or whatever, like, we'll be speaking about it, analysing it. It was nothing. Like, didn't even mention it. <laughs> no, no. Um, I noticed that. It wasn't even a case of the result didn't go your way, so he's went quiet. It was just kind of like, nothing really to speak about. Yeah, I know, like, and plus as well, we've only dropped six points this season. That is remarkable. That is that is really, really good. And you're going to get days like that against teams like Mullerwell and that where you're going to drop points away from home. And the main thing is that we didn't lose because me, I am determined. I I, I am determined and I'm very hopeful we can go unbeaten this season. And I, I like I genuinely believe we can do it. Because the way we're playing now, I don't see anyone that can stop us. And I said this earlier on in the season. Like, I don't see anyone in this league that, that have enough to beat us. I know St Mirren did in the League Cup, right? But I don't know. The league's a different kettle of fish, mate. Like, we, we just have a different men- mindset when it comes to that. We're so consistent. And the fact that we know how to win ugly, like, as we're saying earlier on in the old firm game on the 2nd of January. But... What do you think? Do you think Celtic, uh, no Celtic, Rangers can go unbeaten? Yeah, definitely, as long as it's a slightly worse record than 34 wins and four draws and zero defeats like the Celtic Invincibles. Uh, as long as you don't match that or like win out and better that, then wouldn't mind. 
<laughs> well, this is Matt. This is the thing, right? See, when we do win the league, right? I just hope we don't get complacent in the sense of, like, just say we're still unbeaten when we win the league, right? I hope for the remainder of the games, we don't start playing weak teams and that. And I'll be like, no, we've still got a lot to play for here. We can go unbeaten, you know? Like, <laughs> I just hope we don't have that mindset. And I just hope, like, we don't drop our performance levels just because we've won the title. And the way it's going around, mate, it's looking very likely that we can win the league at Parkhead. Yeah, that'll be quite the weekend. Um, our birthday weekend, in fact. Well, I know, mate. Because, uh, listeners, if you don't know, Chris and I have the exact same birthday, the 19th of March. So that will be a fantastic birthday weekend for me, or it could be a... Uh, or it could be a dreadful weekend, a birthday weekend for Chris. <laughs> Happy 30th. <laughs> well, I know, but... Yeah, like, so, in order for us to win the league at Celtic Park, we need to win all of our games in the lead-up to that, and we need to hope that you at least drop two points. Is that correct? That was the article I read. Was that before or after the Murrow game at the weekend? But I can't remember. I, I think it was after. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, and then I couldn't tell if like the what they draw at the weekend affected that. But um, yeah, there's quite a good chance that that could be the scenario, and um, it would also end up being the earliest leagues ever been won. Um, Brendan Rodgers and Vinsco's side didn't win the league till the second of April, so winning the league sooner, but that's a record for you to be chasing as well. Oh yeah, one hundred and ten percent, mate. Like that would, that that would be something, you know. And see when we do it, it'll be obviously it'll be a very emotional and a great time uh, for Rangers fans. But see one player I really want to see lift that league title, and I, I'll I'll I'm go, I'll get emotional when I see it. Will be James Tavernier because this guy's went through a lot with us. Like he he signed with us in the championship under Mark Warburton. So he was in the team that got us promoted to the SPFL. He's seen all the lows, all the the, the big defeats off Celtic, the Scottish Cup final, losing to teams like Hearts, Aberdeen, etc. And he's came under a lot of criticism over the years. Justified, it has been, yeah. But this year, he's been untouchable. He's been the best player in the country by a mile, you know. So it, it'll mean a lot to him and it'll mean a lot to Rangers fans when he does go and lift that title. And he will go down as a... I wouldn't say... It's, I know the term legend gets thrown about a lot nowadays, but he'll go down is How can I put it? He'll, go, he'll be remembered greatly by Rangers fans and he'll go down as... One of the one of the great players to like considering what he's been through, and the fact that he'll be the captain, our skipper that goes on to win fifty five. Yeah, I don't think it's could really ask for a final captain the way he's been through everything and he's almost been molded into a Rangers player and ultimately a Rangers captain. So he's kind of a final man leading us to fifty five. Yeah, absolutely, you know. And uh, when Morelos uh, gets his hands on that trophy as well, mate, that'll be something, that wee cheeky smile, that wee face. <laughs> Aye. 
and then wonderful of any like cheeky things like Scott Arfield do a brownie or something. Or, oh yeah, you're going to get a few of them, mate. <laughs> uh, you will get a few of them. Good trolling moments and cut back to Chris Boyd with a smile that you can see his face. <laughs> oh, mate. Did you see that Chris Boyd released um, face masks with his smile? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> uh, he's released face masks with his smile and uh, <laughs> he's, done, he's doing it for a good cause. Like, Anyone that buys them, it goes straight to uh, to charity. I think it's a mental health charity, which is like really good of them. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense because obviously he set up his own one after his brother sadly took his own life a few years back. Yeah, exactly. And um, he's doing it for a real good cause, you know. And uh, I like I know a lot of Rangers fans, myself included, are getting really cocky right now and. I think it's like considering what we've been through over the last like. 10 years or so, mate. We've, like, endured so much, especially our Celtic fans, where Celtic have done, like, d- like done us at Ibrox, like, dominated us, won, like, they've won the title the last nine years. We've went through the banter years of not getting promoted from the championship, losing to part-time teams at home, <laughs> like, getting knocked out the Petrofac Cup three times, by the way, three effing times we got knocked out the Petrofac Cup. So this will be this will be huge. And I think Rangers fans deserve this moment. It was always going to come. It was always going to come. And, and I think Stephen Gerrard will go down in the history books 110%, considering where we've been, like where we've came from, so, uh, by going through the lower leagues and he was a man who delivered 55. And what a job he's done. Like, what a job Stephen Gerrard has done. And I remember when we first appointed him, when I was like, give him time. He's a rookie manager. It's not going to be a quick fix. He surrounded himself with the right people, like Gary McAllister. Like, have a bit of patience. And we've gave him a bit of patience. And now we're getting the just rewards for it, where we're going on to win the league. Yeah, definitely. Um... Obviously, there were some people coming out and saying that he's almost committing career suicide if they it's the man that's the manager when Celtic do the 10 in a row. Um, he would never get a decent job again if he was the manager when that happened. But um, he's went out and that's not going to happen now, really, is it? So he's done a fine job there. That's a, that's a really good point you make, Chris. Like, you and I spoke about it earlier on in the season. This season was huge for both of us, where Rangers are going on to win 55 and stop 10 in a row. Celtic are going on to do 10 in a row, never been done before. It was like it was huge for both of us. And like when you look at look at it in both sides, right? Gerard, as you say, if he was a man that was the Rangers manager when Celtic got 10 in a row, he's committing career suicide. And he would have walked at the end of the season. He, he either would have got sacked or he would have resigned. I think he would have resigned because he knew, like, no, like this is it. Like, and then when you look at it, uh, look at it from the like in the Celtic uh, side of things, Neil Lennon will go down as the man who forget about his achievements as manager. Right, he was a great player. Right, we're not talking about him as a player. We're talking about him as a manager. Forget about the results against Barcelona. Forget about the league titles. Forget about the league cups. Forget about the Scottish cups. Neil Lennon will go down as a man that bottled 10 in a row. Yeah, it's almost like 
completely halves his legacy if you want to bring that into it. Yeah, 100%. I put a poll up in the Scots Court about right, and asked the question, if Celtic don't win the league this season, right, of course they won't, yeah. will Neil Lennon's legacy get tarnished? Not even joking, mate. Within a minute, I had 15 votes saying yes. <laughs> 15 votes saying yes. It was madness, you know. But I remember Joe uh, in the chat a few weeks ago, and he was saying, oh, Neil Lennon's legacy won't get tarnished. Then I done a wee bit of digging to some old Scott Score episodes, and Joe said two years ago in Scott Score that if Neil Lennon was, if Neil Lennon failed to deliver ten, his legacy would be tarnished. So <laughs> Joe's been very quiet on that uh, topic. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent, man. So, like, I think that will eat away at Neil Lennon for a long time, and I think Celtic have no one but to blame other than themselves. Because they Celtic had years and years, they had plenty of time to build themselves up and build for the future for us coming back, right? And Celtic should be light years ahead of us right now, mate. Like they should be light years ahead of us. And now like the aim was all along when Rangers were in the lower leagues, right? We're going for 10 RO. Celtic fans were singing about it for years and years. But here we go, 10 RO. And now in the biggest season. So and probably one of, one of the biggest seasons in Celtic's history. Celtic have just Celtic relied on Neil Lennon to get ten in a row. They, t- they took the t- they took the the cheap option for it, and it's just completely backfired. And silly decisions, obviously, as we said, going to Dubai and that. It's all it just completely ruined Celtic's season, and no sympathy whatsoever. No, and going to lose a lot of. Revenue season books for this, yeah, 110%. Man, but I guess uh, enjoyed that episode. Does there anything else you want to add? No, not really. Obviously, we've got a round of games tonight. Um, Livingston are adamant, apparently, there's going to be no pitch inspection, even though photos emerged with the pitch completely covered in snow. And they've had a few late call offs recently, but yeah, before we go, then so game ends lovely tonight. Um, there was uh, snow on the pitch earlier on today and there's going to be no pitch inspection so the game's going ahead but right a few uh, minutes I think it was it was I think it might uh, yeah it was a few minutes before kickoff in the Aberdeen game against Levy the game got called off so it did so who knows that might happen again tonight <laughs> you know but so much for that all weather pitch yeah. so it's an utter shambles how the Levy's pitch is allowed in the top flight I know I think it should be a requirement. You've got a all weather like grass surface and stuff if you're at that level of football. Yeah, and you see the game at the weekend. Uh, the game at the weekend against um, Levy, Celtic Levy game. Levy should have won that, mate. Like they played really well. The only thing that was letting them down was their just the the final ball. That it was just a, a bit of they were just lacking a bit of quality in the final third. That was all really. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think even though it'll be a far-strengthened squad from us for tonight, but um, I think Levy will take a wee bit of confidence from that result of the weekend. And Livingston couldn't beat them in two efforts last season. It was actually, I think, it was the last game we played before everything was shut down. But uh, yeah, I can see them giving us a game tonight and we'll struggle to uh, get anything more than a draw. Would we thank you, Glenn, for this? 
Jeez, oh man, like I think it'll be a draw as well, mate. Because see, when you look at the body language from the Celtic players at the weekend, the I'm not going to say they weren't trying, right? Because I, I don't they weren't trying. Like, I'm not going to say they weren't trying because they were, but they just looked like they had no belief about them whatsoever. Like the Celtic players know deep down the league's gone, right? And you can see that in their body language. And even Lee Griffiths after the old firm game, the one 0 result. He, he, he was saying to the, the press, uh, he got asked a question, do you think it's all over now? And he was like, oh, we, we're still going to keep fighting until it's mathematically impossible. See, when you're hearing that kind of language, Chris, that's been the no deep down, right? It's, it's gone now. And that's not the stuff that you want to hear from a Celtic dressing room, even though the league is gone, but you would still want to hear a bit of fighting spirit coming out of uh, the Celtic players. And you, even Lennon as well. But when you're hearing stuff like, oh, we're going to keep fighting until it's mathematically impossible, it's it's like they're basically surrendering it, surrendering the league. Yeah, S- sense of denial as well, words like that. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. But I enjoyed that first episode of 2021. And uh, the next episode, guys, will be episode 100. So uh, until next time, guys, take care, and we will see you soon. <laughs>